respect and manners are free and they'll get you a long way. So I always try to make a good impression. And then when that time comes, if I ever do need help or if someone ever needs help from me, hopefully they would ask. Because I'm also big on you can't be told yes if you don't ask. Sure, you can be told no. And then you just figure out where to go from there. But I think most of the time it works in your favor if you're not scared to ask. Is that much of a, is that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post-9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian, and that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 60 features Curtis Summers, a former Marine Corps firefighter and Black Rifle Coffee's first ever production assistant. He then moved on to work for VP Racing Fuels as a content creator, and now he runs his own video production company, Redundant Media. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right. Kurt Summers, good evening. Welcome to Veteran Made. Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's going great, man. Thanks so much for joining. It's been kind of a long time coming. I think we've been messaging for like a little over a year on, on Instagram. I've been following following you and your work and um, got connected on LinkedIn recently and kind of saw what you're, what you're building and, and really excited to talk about life as a freelancer, life as a business owner, life as a as a uh, content creator and media creator for, for, for different companies. If you could just give the... Right. Um, the audience just kind of a bit of a primer on, on kind of who you are and where you served and what you did and, and just a little bit, like we get mostly into the transition stuff here. So, but just to prime people. Yeah. Up, we, yeah. So in 20, 2013, I was 21 years old. I was tired of being home. Uh, I had a buddy going to boot camp, and I was like, yo dog, I'm tired of this. I'm going with you. So actually, uh, 10 years, we graduated boot camp this week. Um, oh, wow. um, so I went to boot camp, um, did the whole Marine boot camp thing, um, got out of there, went to MOS school. So when I joined, I thought I was going to be an aircraft ordinance guy. That's like what the recruiters told me. So that's like, cool, I'll just put bombs on planes, whatever. Well, I got to like week 11 in boot camp when they read your name in your MOS and they got to my name, Summers, 7051 Crash Fire Rescue. No idea what that was. No, no clue at all. Um, so you get out of boot camp, you go to like this little combat training school for a month in Camp Pendleton, and then you go to MOS school. Um, I end up in San Angelo, which is like, sorry if you're from there and you're listening to this, but that's got to be like the butthole of Texas. <laughs> uh, was not my favorite place, but it's where the DOD's fire academy is. Um, the Air Force has a base there called Goodfellow. It's where all the firefighters and all of the DOD go to, civilian, military. Um, from there, I went to Hawaii. I was stationed at uh, Marine Corps Base Hawaii in Kaneohe Bay. Um, I had a really good, different Marine experience. Marine Corps experience. Um, I basically lived in Hawaii for four years, uh, did shift work. So pretty much uh, twice a month, I had a 72, so a three-day weekend in Hawaii. Um, Spent a little bit of time in Australia, uh, got out in 2017, moved to San Antonio, which is where I'm at now, um, to work at Lackland as a civilian for the fire department. Um, and while I was doing that, was right around the time Black Rifle moved here. So, 
and I was a big fan, big customer um, for a while. And in 2019, uh, I friended someone that worked in customer service. So I started a customer service job while I was working at the fire department. Um, and then like less than six months in their production assistant that had been there the whole time, he ended up leaving. And luckily just by networking and actually Dan Horgan played a big part in this. Um, I, I've like just by happenstance and like people knew that I was like working on my marketing degree and stuff and that I knew the brand. Um, I got into that production assistant role. Um, and so for the next like two years, I did production assistant stuff full time with Black Rifle and worked at a fire department for 72 hours a week. Um, and then in two, what, it was about two years of that, maybe a year and a half or something. Um, I quit the fire. I left federal service to just go full time with Black Rifle as a production assistant. And then I kind of moved into different roles because it was literally just the four owners, the founders of the company. And for a long, for half my time there, it was just me and the other production assistant. Like there was no middle management. It was, hey, here's our idea. Here's what we want to do. Um, and here's all the stuff we need. Go like, go do it. And here's when and where you need to be. And so for a long time, me and Ronnie did it, almost everything um, as far as like production management goes for them. Um, and then I moved into a bigger role there where I was doing um, motorsport stuff. They signed BJ Baldwin, who's someone, um, I guess going back in my history, I grew up in the desert. Um, my dad was a desert racer. He raced quads and stuff his whole life, dirt bikes. Um, so I, was, I knew that stuff. I've, I've loved it my whole life. It's a part of my DNA. Um, so they signed BJ Baldwin, who's a guy that I've followed. He was, I think I looked once and he's like one of the first 10 people I ever followed on Instagram. So I, I've known who he, I've known who he was for a very long time. Um, and so they, they signed him and I was like, yo, what do I have to do to like meet BJ? Um, and it ended up, I, I was really kind of the only one that cared. And I was certainly the only one that kept up with the sport of desert racing. So I'd be like, Hey, he has a race in a month. Can I go film it? And for a good chunk of time, um, I I was the only guy doing all that stuff. So by being in the right place at the right time again, kind of, I just started doing motorsports stuff, and that's kind of led me to where I'm at now. That's awesome. So there's a kind of handful of threads I want to I want to pull on there. So uh, first, you grew up in the desert. You grew up in California. So yeah, my dad's from Needles, um, which is in the desert of the desert of California. Um, I I was born in Lake Havasu. I lived in Needles till um, the summer before fifth grade, and then I moved to where my mom's from in Missouri. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so, were you as a? Well, first of all, I was. I think we've talked about this before, but I was in the when I was in the Air Air Force. I was what with what the Navy or the Marine Corps more Marine Corps would call an ordnanceman. Uh, loaded loaded bombs and missiles on on fighters. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry you didn't get to do that, but uh, also <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get to fight fires because that also sounds dope. Right. Um, as you were getting to to Lackland as a civilian, and as you were 
networking to to get a customer service opportunity with with Black Rifle Coffee. Were you thinking about content creation? Did you shoot video or photo at all, or were you just like, no. hey, like this company, like just want to see what's up? I mean, I I guess I like BSed around on my phone and like um, my ex wife had a camera that I would like mess around with, but it was never something that I ever considered or like thought about in any like serious way like I'd always enjoyed Instagram and like posting on Instagram nonsense on Instagram so sure sure, maybe it was there in some form but but certainly not in any um in any serious matter no so it was like taking the production assistant job with them something that like you're like hey this just kind of gets me closer to the different things that they've got going on and that's cool right like when did the love and the interest for content creation and shooting and Cause you do it at a, like at a high level now. So, I mean, this is a, a pretty, like, I'm, I'm actually very curious how this started because it doesn't happen this fast. Mostly. Um, r- really like for me, just, I was like the super fanboy. Like I, I loved black rifle and everything that they did. So like for me to be the production assistant and work, you know, right under Evan and right under Matt and right under JT, like, like, hell yeah, like, I want to do that. And I want to just follow these crazy guys around and like, you know, do whatever they need me to do. Like, and I was cool with that. So it, it was a good job. Like, and I, I have the, some of the coolest experiences ever because, because of that position. Um, yeah. But kind of going into like, when I knew I like loved it, um, a guest you've had on previously, two guests you've had on previously, actually, Ethan and Marty. Um, one of the, Ethan, as he explained, he was a Marine so logan who's a founder owner of black rifle was my direct report for a long time all three of us are marines um i had already been under logan for about a year when he brought ethan on and he was like hey i'm gonna stick you with ethan he you know he went to film school he's a badass at this um he's gonna teach you and then eventually you know you'll be able to run your own show basically and so the i I quit the fire department and then within like two weeks, me and Ethan and Marty went to Camp Pendleton and another guy, another Ethan, um, went to Camp Pendleton to film the first recon sniper school ever. Um, And then I think that was three or four days at Camp Pendleton. Straight from there, uh, me and Ethan went to Fairbanks, Alaska to work with Jeff Reed, who's a Navy SEAL dog musher. Um, For like eight days, 10 days, we were up there. Um, and that was kind of like the first experience where like I was just doing behind the scenes stuff because prior to that, um, I was doing like behind the scenes, like photography, maybe like some silly stuff on my phone behind the scenes with Black Rifle Productions. But that was the first time that I had been given a camera with a task to like shoot behind the scenes. And and I don't really know that I'll ever take a trip again that will top sleeping in Denali State Park at negative 40 and our cameras freezing not being able to film the northern lights but I mean, that's a whole nother story but um and then getting to see like that final both of those videos the recon sniper videos and the the this is who we are Jeff Reed like those are awesome videos and I, I had a cool part in those so what was it like to 
uh, because obviously I, I I know Ethan. He's been on the podcast, and 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 we're good friends. And I know kind of how how good he is at, at what he does. And right. it's funny, like yeah, he went to film school. And he and I have talked about it, you know, several times. A couple of which we've recorded those conversations on on my podcast and on the on the Nine Line podcast. Like going to film school is is great, and in in certain ways, and it certainly is beneficial and, and helps you learn and understand things. But in other ways, it's just like yeah, he went to film school. But right. He operates at a, at a super high level, and. I'm, I'm sure that was a great opportunity for you. What were you thinking as you were given that opportunity to like, you know, a, a pre- was it like an apprenticeship? Like what, what, were you, what were you paying attention to? What were you looking at? What were you observing? Like, what were you, how were you approaching the opportunity to, you know, capture some behind the scenes content? And like, when did that love for working with cameras and like storytelling in that way visually start for you? Um, yeah, I think, um, forgot what I was just lost my train of thought um just being with Ethan like he's a super nice guy obviously like he's I still to this day I just sent him a 30 second ad that I made like hey what do you think of this um and he'll always give me his feedback but um knowing me like I hate school like I do not want to be in a classroom maybe film school would be different because you're doing fun stuff I would assume you're not doing like math and accounting and that kind of nonsense but I've always learned best if I'm one, if I'm doing it with my hands, like physically. And if I'm messing it up and like learning from those mistakes, which I still do every single day. Um, but being around someone that's, you know, 10 X better than me, like there's no way to learn better than that. Cause I could just like sit there and watch what he's doing and then ask him questions about what he's doing and then apply it to myself. Um, but as far as, as being like when it came on that I really enjoyed it. I think it might've just kind of built up as, as I was doing production assistant stuff, because I just like, I fell in love with everything I was doing. Like, because sure, holding the camera is a big part of it, but there's so much more than that, right? You got to know how to light stuff. You got to know how to be a sound guy or how to get sound is just as important as the camera is. Um, and a lot of people don't ever realize that like, you can have an out of focus shot or a shot that's overexposed and you can make that work. But if it sounds terrible, you're going to lose people almost immediately. Um, So those little things are very important. Um, And I got to learn that at like the finest, you know, it doesn't really get bigger. Like certainly in the veteran space, it doesn't get bigger than black rifle media. So I was like on the A team some somehow by chance I was just there. And here I was holding the the boom or fixing the lights or, you know, whatever, getting the crafty, you know, getting, uh, we had a Super Bowl commercial and I was the guy that got all the costumes for the World War II mortar commercial. So like, that's a cool little thing on my resume, right? Like, oh, I had a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Um, no, you, you learned by doing, right? Like, you right. Were there. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. just watching and maybe not even doing just, you know, watching. Yeah. Uh, so when you mentioned that you uh, you said the 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 writer's name was BJ, forgive me because I'm not a fan of yeah. racing. Would you say his name? Um, is? So he's a trophy truck driver. He oh, he okay. owns and drives trophy trucks, which is the premier class in desert racing. Um, got it. So you said something about that where you were like, "Hey, I'm a big fan of this guy. I know this guy. He's got a race coming up. Can I take a camera and go and go shoot?" Um, what what did what what was your mindset? to think about like, how do I go be proactive 
to go capture some content to think about like, hey, I'm interested in this. This could be cool for me, but it could also be good for the company. Like most most people right. don't really have that kind of insight and, and mindset. Like what led to that for you? Did you think about that or were you just like, hey, I want to go? Um, well, I guess there's a little more to it than that. I was good friends with the guy who was in charge of the athlete management. Um, so, and he knew that I was a big fan. Like as soon as, as soon as I knew that BJ was a black rifle guy now, I was immediately talking to this guy about it. Like, Hey, when something happens, I want to be there, you know, no matter what I'm doing, like if I'm sweeping the floor, I don't, I don't care. Just, just get me there. Um, so the first time that, uh, his name's Paul, Paul went to Vegas where BJ's from to meet, to meet BJ and just kind of see the shop and, you know, see the trucks, you know, and see BJ's operation he invited me and I had nothing going on. So, so myself and Paul and another guy, we went there just kind of like, you know, shake hands and, you know, document a little stuff and kind of that, that is like got what got my foot in the door, I guess. Cause I, I did a good job, I guess. Um, we, we did a bunch of cool stuff. We took a trophy truck down the strip trophy truck, Completely not street legal. Absolutely not street legal. We we took it down the strip without any permits, valeted at the Cosmo, went upstairs, had dinner, came back, and and I'm me and this other guy that was with us, we were filming it from the bed of a truck. Uh it, and it was a good time. And so after that, BJ's next race was a couple months later, and Paul kind of just did the same thing. He let me, he just you know, he invited me and nothing was going on. Logan was cool with it. So, so we went, um, I had never filmed a race before I had, I understood what it was and I kind of roughly knew what I probably should be doing, but it was Vegas Torino, which is the, it's the longest point to point desert race in the United States. It's 500 plus it's right at 500 miles. I think it's about an eight hour race. Um, so they go, they go from Vegas Torino, as the name suggests, um, and that was a fun, fun experience. Um, eight hours of just like super high adrenaline, like because you don't know the trucks leave the line, and you know roughly where your next spot is, probably where you're shooting should be shooting from. You don't know if you're gonna beat the truck there, right. and a, a lot of the times, I'd say most of the times, you do beat them there just because you're on the highway doing highway speeds and. They're not always doing 100 miles an hour. They're going through rocks and whatever, doing 40 miles an hour. Um, so we just did that all day, leapfrogged all the way to Reno. And and that's doing that was certainly like something else along with the Alaska trip that was like, holy shit. Like I, for so many moments here, I felt like I was a little kid again. And that was super cool. Like most people as, you know, 30 year old adults don't get that in their day to day life, but I'm pretty lucky to get that hell yeah so you said something interesting you said i'd never shot uh racing before so you didn't like know how to do it technically speaking were you nervous or were you like you know what i got this like i've never done this before but i've got my camera i kind of know how like how confident were you how did you approach it from a mindset standpoint um yeah that's interesting i guess like nerves always play a factor in it because you you never know and obviously my first time i certainly didn't know um yeah, so it's kind of just like you see the course map, you see where the highway is, where you can take the truck physically, like your truck, 
and and you just kind of like map it out like all right here's where the course and the road are closest like i can get there so that and that's kind of like i did it that day and that's kind of what i've done the whole time since i i I know how to do it now. Like I can use a satellite map and overlay the course map onto the satellite map and actually off-road if I need to now. Um, but then, no, there was there was no uh, no real plan. It was kind of just guesswork. Um, but nerves, yeah, definitely. There was there were certainly there had to be nerves. It's been a few years now, so I don't remember exactly how I felt, but. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely want to get you know more into what you're doing now and the kind of content that you capture from a racing standpoint eventually. Yeah. But I was just kind of curious about that, about that initial moment. So, okay, so as you get more and bigger opportunities with Black Rifle to, 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 to shoot kind of like you know on your on your own and shoot different content, you were doing um, social content for them. Like, what, what are what was it like to to transition away uh, from from Black Rifle and into into VP? Is yeah. It, yeah um what was that transition like for you in terms of like going from a bunch of different types of content to now like a more focused content but at least it's content that i think that you're interested in you know from from a general standpoint right um for me it was like the perfect it was the perfect transition because it like i don't know that skit based stuff is exactly what i want to be doing um but certainly like motorsports, I, I love motorsports um, in all forms. Um, so it was a great transition and I, and I knew people there from my time with BJ and his team. So coming into VP, um, I just put some fielders out like, hey, they have this job here. Do you know anyone? Like, can you put my put a good word in for me? And within a couple of weeks, I was working at VP. Um, yeah, so... So you, you've kind of talked a little bit about something that I talk about on the podcast all the time. It's really important and not that networking is a dirty word or a bad word or anything like that, but it's more about building relationships, right? Like real yeah. human relationships with other people Definitely. just being like, Hey, can you get something for me? Right. It's like, once you reach out to somebody and say, Hey, there's this thing that I saw that's open and available and you have a connection to it. Can you put in a good word? Like if you've built that human relationship, that right. heart to heart, mind to mind thing, it's, it makes it much easier and it's just an overall better experience. And you've already talked a little bit about it with, with people that you met. What was it like, were you thinking about building relationships with everybody that you were working with as you were going, or is that something that just kind of happened? Yeah, no, I think it, it's not ever a conscious decision. You know, I'm not like out there like, Oh, what I got to like network with this guy so I can get here. I just like, I'm really big on, you know, respect and manners are free and they'll get you a long ways. Um, so I always just, you know, try to make a good impression. And, you know, like I just said, respect and manners will get you a long ways. Um, and then when that time comes, if I ever do need help or if someone ever needs help from me, you know, hopefully they would ask. Because, um, like, I'm also big on, like, you can't be told yes if you don't ask. Like, sure, you can be told no. And then you just figure out where to go from there. But um, I think most of the time it, it works out in your favor if you're not scared to ask. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important thing. I think people, people, get, people get scared to ask because like, they don't realize that people actually want to say yes. Like m most people that are in a position to help people want right. to be able to help, right? Like we're, we're not just going through this life, you know, personally or professionally as like robots to be like, oh, I'm just here like, yeah. doing my thing. Like if you 
like somebody and they ask you for something, you're going to want to figure out how to say yes. Definitely. What was it like for you to jump to, because I, th- I think like some people get a little bit, um, some people are like, oh, I don't want to work on just one brand or I don't want to work in just one vertical. I don't want to just work on like one type of thing. Yeah. You love motorsports. You said it, you love motorsports. I've worked with NASCAR, um, only motorsports that I've really worked with, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but I wasn't like a lifelong fan. What was it like for yeah. you to have an opportunity to work in something that you loved? Like, were you excited to be like, Hey, I get to focus on this. Or were you a little bit, you know, like, okay, well, I'm just gonna be doing this kind of one thing. Like, how did you approach that, that, that new venture? Um, no, I, I've, from the start, I've enjoyed it. Like VP is, VP is a brand and a logo that I've known my whole life. So that was immediately cool. Like, um, from my dad's time, as I mentioned earlier, my dad raced his whole life. So I remember those blue barrels being out by the garage with the VP logo on them. So it, it was cool. Like as soon as I walked into the office, I was like, holy cow, like this place is a, there aren't many brands in motorsports. I don't think that really, they've been around since the seventies and it's still the same logo. That's crazy to me. Um, they're coming up on 50 years, I think in a year or two. Um, so it, it was great to go from a place that I loved, like Black Rifle, uh, obviously totally kind of a different vibe and, you know, definitely a different culture to VP, which is like a, a heritage or, you know, whatever word you want to place on Legacy. a brand. Legacy brand. Yeah, there we go. And it was great, but it's also intimidating because I'm the only video guy there. Like I'm the only editor. I'm the only shooter. I'm the only, you know, producer, director, whatever title you want to put on it. So I I do have a lot of responsibility now that was a shared load at Black Rifle. Um, And and that gets a little intimidating because sometimes it's something that I've never done before. So then I got to go back to like Ethan and like, yo, uh, I got to do some product hero shots i've never done it before like where do i start and normally he's got some good advice or youtube's always there back to those back to those human relationships right right Um, definitely one thing i think that's that that is interesting so i think a lot of content creators or shooters or editors or producers again like whatever 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 name title you want to put to these things that that right we all do um don't want to be kind of focus too much on just veteran content, right. Or just like military related content. Um, yeah. And I don't know if VP has any ties to the military, if you do any sort of military content, but it seems like you're mostly just doing like racing content and, and not as much around like the military and, and the veteran space. Is that something that you enjoy? Like, do you like having a bit of a, a, a break from that? Is that something that um, you think about at all? Um, no, I don't really know that I've thought about it. Um, obviously I'm proud of my veteran you know, my time in the military and I'm more than willing to do that kind of stuff. If the opportunity ever arises, like we, we just armed services day. Is that the holiday coming up? It's in the next few days. I think, um, we just did something. Day, I think yeah, is what they call it now. Yeah. Whichever holiday it is. There's so many of them. Um, um, we just did something with a, a desert racing team called warrior built and they, they're a fully funded race team that that uh, works with the wounded warriors, and hmm. so 
there's little bits of it here and there, but is it as much as Black Rifle? Of course not. I don't I don't know that I'll ever find somewhere <laughs> like that as yeah. far as veteran stuff goes. Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, so in terms of in terms of some of the independent work that you're doing and, and kind of the, the most recent LinkedIn post that obviously I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while, but the most recent LinkedIn post that, that I saw that was like, Hey, yo, dude, we got to get you on. Cause we got to talk about this. Yes. Yeah. You know, you putting out a post being like, Hey, I've gotten independent um, arm of my services as well as a, as a producer, director, shooter, editor. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to start generating some, some sales for that. And, and you've got yeah. redundant media, uh, which is something that you're building yourself, have built yourself. Can you right. talk to us a little bit about what your goals and, and aims are there and kind of like what, what the approach is right now and what you're, what you're hoping to do. And then we can kind of maybe dive into some specifics. Yeah. Um, so last year I did a, a good amount of side work. Um, and I think starting my own company was the next logical step. Um, just to be more um, professional, I suppose, you know, so it's not just me, like a lot, a lot of work comes by word of mouth, I guess, like people like, Hey, I know this guy, you said you needed this guy, like here, talk to each other. Um, So I think having a company, obviously there's a lot more to having a company than just that, but um, it's a good way to be professional. Um, And yeah, I think, it's but it's it's difficult right there's a lot to it like and i as most probably new business owners know i have no idea what i'm doing so i just kind of like filled out all the paperwork came up with the name and a logo and and here we are uh in the beginning stages of a new media company i think a lot of people probably wonder if they can do side work how they can do side work you know how to balance a full-time job with, right. with doing that side work, moonlighting, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. How did that happen for you? Was that something you thought about like, Oh, I, I need to balance these things. Or were you just like, Nope, I can. And this work has come in my way and people are asking. And so I'm volunteering. Like how did that, how did that work? Um, so I don't, I don't do like every single media thing that I could be doing out there. You know, like there's tons of videography work to be had out there. For me, it's just like doing cool stuff that I want to do that VP isn't giving me, which is hard to do because like motorsports and traveling, like I still check those boxes. But getting to do cool things like I have a friend that hit me up about a destination wedding in the Bahamas. Weddings aren't my thing. Like I don't know that I'll – there's lots of money to be made at weddings, but I don't know that that's my thing. But going to the Bahamas to shoot a wedding, yes, sign me up for that. Um, and I think when you get into that kind of, when, when it's a big job like that, I think probably doing it correctly as far as taxes and stuff go is probably a safer and better idea. Um, but as far as like juggling it with a a 40 hour a week job that I have with VP, um, it's just being selective with what I want to do, um. If it's not a job for me, then maybe I'll find someone else for them that that works. But like the other production assistant I worked with at Black Rifle, he also went to film school and he's better at it than me. Um, so I, I kind of skipped over Ronnie, I guess, which is not cool. But he he Shouts was a big Ronnie. 
Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Ronnie. <laughs> he was a, he was a big influence on me as well, and he still to this day I like ask him stuff, um, but stuff like that. Like, hey, I don't want to do it, and, and I would never say no. I don't want to do it, but I have something going on that week or whatever. Let me get you to this guy, and maybe he can help you out. Um, because I I certainly don't want to get to where I'm taking every little job that I could make and sure that would be cool for my wallet, but I would get burned out a hundred percent. I would get burned out super fast and then I wouldn't be passionate about it and it would just be another job. And I think that's important too. No doubt. And again, it's back to that human, human to human relationship, right? Where like you're in a position that would say yes and maybe a different way than the, than the, the client potential client is asking you for, right? right. Like, hey, I can't do that, but I've, I've got the perfect person who, who can, let me right. put you in touch with them. And then you're proactively offering things to somebody that otherwise might want to come yeah. and ask you for something. I think that's a really cool way to do it. Because maybe in the future they do have a job that I would want, or maybe they just have a job that I, and I have nothing better to do. And you don't want to burn that bridge before you even built one. So I think being yeah. pro- professional and respectful and having manners is is important, whether you yeah. know the person or not. Absolutely, yeah. No, that that's uh, that's a really that's a really good way to look at it. Um, in terms of like being selective and understanding, you know, burnout and your your own. I I I always I got a buddy of mine. He and I we don't call it like work life balance. We call it yeah work life integration right like you have to integrate right. yourself into your work and your work into yourself and there's like lots of different intersections of those things like family yeah you know spouses kids pets travel extended family like all that stuff um so you seem to have a pretty good pulse on on y- you and yourself and like what you want to be doing and what you don't want to be doing and like kind of where to draw yeah. that line what's your advice for other content creators videographers editors shooters that that might want to want to say yes to everything and might not understand that, that the approach you're talking about might be a little bit, a little bit better from like both a professional standpoint and probably a mental health standpoint. Well, I think like it's kind of hard to just like put my finger on it and say like, Oh, this is what will work because for at black rifle, when I was there, I didn't say no to anything. Like I said, yes to everything, no matter what middle of the night, what, whatever. Um, so I think you, you have to understand where your left and right limits are. And, and once you have those boundaries, like you have to stay in them as much as you can. And there's going to be times where you go outside of the boundaries. Like I think last year between August and October, I was home like two weekends, just traveling nonstop to go do race stuff. And sure, I'm doing what I love and I would never like take that for granted, but it, I was certainly by the end of that, I was ready to not be traveling to do any race. Um, so you, you got to take it on the chin sometimes and you're going to, but it's also, it's very, very, very important to know where those limits are. And if you can, you know, take a breather, take a vac like this weekend, for example, I'm, I'm taking my first vacation this year. I think I'm taking a, I'm adding a day to this, um, two days to this long weekend and I'm going home tomorrow. Um, cause I, I haven't taken any time off this year really. Um, but it, it's, it's good to, it's good to push those boundaries and, you know, and get that experience and get that exposure. Cause you're not going to get it otherwise if you're not out there doing it. But when you can be safe and take a breath and 
get some rest, stay home, you know, do what you do that isn't work. That's, you know, gets your mind off things. Do that for sure. Yeah, it's it's an art, not a science, right? Like you said, right. I think I think everything you just said was super well said, but you you also opened it with like I can't tell you exactly, but then you actually told us pretty close to exactly, what it was. <laughs> kind of. But it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of being funny, but it's like you you felt your way through it, right? And you kind of feel right. your way through sure. it. Sure, you, you know, and it's it's really more than anything important for people to just know themselves, like know what grounds them, know who they are. Instead yeah. of just like assuming like, hey, I got to, you know, in some instances, like when you're a production assistant at a, at a major company that's doing, yeah, you got to fucking say yes to everything. You right. know, um, now that you're more established and you kind of have those limits drawn, those boundaries drawn, you know where, where, when, how, what to operate. Like you can, you can afford yeah. to say, to say no a little bit more and draw those boundaries. Did VP know um, that you were um, doing some side work and were they cool with that? Is that something they're still cool with? Like what's that relationship like? Um, yeah, they, they do know. Um, and yeah, no complaints. I mean, it doesn't, as long as it, obviously if I have a work trip and someone needs me for that same weekend, I, I can't. Sure. Right. But, um, yeah, no complaints there. Um, it's kind of the way I would explain it is just me doing my job and getting better at it. So why wouldn't they want me doing it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's a great way to look at it. I think it's the way to look at it. I'm glad that they feel the same way um, for you because it's one of those things that, you know, depending on your role, obviously, but some employers are not cool with that. Right. And it's, that's not cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is next for, for redundant um, media? Like, what are, what are you looking to do? I, I know that you kind of talked about professionalizing this in, in the most basic sense with an LLC and you know, kind of all of that. Yeah. Like, what does it look like for you to professional? Like, what do you see in the future? What's your vision? What are, um, you, what are you working towards? For me, it would be bringing on some, maybe bringing on some motorsports teams that I have relationships with, you know, that need media coverage in the future. And and I do already have that relationship. I did did that work of several times last year with some motorsports teams. Um, But it was all kind of like under the table work, which isn't, Mr. IRS, man, if you're listening to this, leave me alone. Um, nah, the IRS doesn't listen to this. <laughs> um, just bringing on some more brands. I have I have some good friends with some bigger brands in motorsports too. So if the, if they ever need work, hopefully I'm their guy for them. Um, so go yeah. uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say it's, you, I didn't mean to cut you off with a with a with a, a sharp intake of breath, but. <laughs> This is something that I've been talking about with some some friends and colleagues recently. I think most people, you you seem to understand that like, hey, motorsports is my thing. This is my vertical. Yeah. This is where I thrive. This is what I understand. I understand content capture. I understand content editing. I understand all the things that, that need to be done here. Most people right. tend to be like, well, I want to do everything. Like I'm going to start this company mm-hmm. and I want to go work in spirits and alcohol and beer. And I want to go work in travel. And I want to go do these things where you kind of have this understanding of like, this is my vertical. This is where I thrive. Is, is that something that you thought about intentionally or is that something that just um, intuited? No, I think I just kind of ended up here, to be honest. Um, it all started with, you know, getting those first few chances with BJ um, and working with, because he's a massive name in the, in his industry. So getting so you know, start, I started at the top somehow and it just, it worked out. Um, and and I love it. Like I, I fell in, I fell in love with it. Like I mentioned, like being able to be next to 
you know, 6,000 pound truck going 130 miles an hour, like a few feet away from you. Like that is an adrenaline junkies like dream aside from being in the truck, I guess would probably be the only thing cooler. Um, and I, I truly, it takes me back to being a kid, like being in that exact same spot next to the track as the trucks go by me. And, and so that's like a very special moment. Like, and I get to do that for, you know, days at a time when I'm at a desert race. Um, and so I think that's probably what I fell in love with was like just the, the factor of the nostalgia of it. And, you know, I realize how special and how privileged I am to be able to do that and get paid for it. Cats. That, that's so dope, man. It's such a, such a great way to look at it. I, I, uh, not many people get to have those, those kind of full circle moments from, from their childhood right. and get to like do this, like you said. So that's, that's awesome. Um, cool, man. I think so. Like to wrap things up, I've, I've been, I've been asking, you've listened to some episodes. Uh, I've been asking an open-ended question, right? Like talking to the rest of our community, like if, if there's anything on your heart or on your mind, for our community specifically, whether it's a piece of advice, whether it's something you just want to get off your chest or whether it's something you think people should hear or, or know, like what's, what's on your heart and your mind for, for our community right now? Uh, yeah, man, that's a, that's a heavy one. That's a deep one. Um, I think it's important to find what you love. Like, you know, no matter what that is, maybe you have a job you don't like, but it pays the bills. Maybe find that thing that you can do in your off time that gets you away from that. And, and maybe that becomes that job that pays the bills. Because um, I think, obviously, mental health is a big, a big talking point, not just in the veteran community. I think it's a big talking point across all spectrums. Um, mental health is important. And working somewhere where you're miserable all the time, that's, that's not good for you. And I, like, I remember how I felt like when I was at the fire department. I love firefighting. Like I love the camaraderie and the brotherhood and the training. Well, when I left the Marine Corps and I went to Lackland, I had none of that. And Lackland made me want to go back to the Marine Corps. Um, so, but I, I certainly remember being somewhere miserable that I didn't enjoy and then finding somewhere that I was super passionate about and that I loved. And I took that jump away from federal service, which if I was just chasing money, like that's, that's, I could take a nap all day and I still got paid. You know, it doesn't get easier than that, really. I mean, firefighting isn't, isn't easy by any means, but I, I knew that I wasn't happy there and I knew it's not what I wanted to be doing. And I knew that over here with, with Black Rifle at the time, that's, that's where I wanted to be. So, Taking that plunge was scary. Like turning in my two weeks, that was scary. Like I'm traveling in the unknown. What if it doesn't work? Um, but don't be scared to to take that jump and to travel into the unknown because you'll never know if it's going to work or not if you don't. Yeah, man, that is uh, some wise wisdom right there. Could not could not agree more. Very well said. Uh, where, uh, where can folks find you and follow you on, on social and, and find you and your work? What's your website? What's all the, what's all, everything we should link out. Yeah. The, uh, the website's still in development. Um, we're working on it though, but you can find me at, on Instagram. That's, that's my living portfolio that goes back (laughs) 
15 years probably now at this point. Uh, Kurt McGirt, uh, K-U-R-T dot M-C-G-I-R-T. And then my media page, which is, I'm slowly building it. I'm just being selective with what I post on there. Um, redundant media with a redundant dot media on Instagram. Yeah, right those, on, brother. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. I'm glad, glad we finally made it happen. And uh, yeah, definitely to doing the, uh, doing it again uh, here in, in in the near near ish future, right? As you as you build for out sure. redundant and and get some of those teams on board and, and and do more work. But in the meantime, man, keep it up. And um, super stoked to continue to watch you watch you thrive. Oh, thanks, man. I'll have awesome. to get you to race sometime. Dude, would love that. I absolutely love cool. that. All right, man. We'll see you. Hell yeah. See you, man. Bye. Thank you.